it's really, it's just me, myself and I. And so when I think about, or I have an idea, sometimes I get really wrapped up in idea. And then I have to realize, wait, is this, do I have the capacity to make this happen right now? Um, and if I do, am I going to be proud of the product that I'm thinking about? And if not, is this something that perhaps I can table until another time? Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. This week, I'm excited to share a conversation with a petpreneur who I've been following since she launched her business earlier this year. Amanda Ewen is the creator of Barcuterie Boards, the highly Instagrammable charcuterie creations just for dogs. I have been blown away at how fast Amanda has been able to grow her business from door-to-door deliveries in Atlanta to local markets, and now shipping her barcuterie boards all over the United States. In this interview, Amanda shares advice for how to manage it all while building an engaged community and figuring out the challenges of shipping her product in a way that is eco-friendly and aesthetically pleasing. One of my favorite parts of this podcast is being able to talk to women at all stages of business. There is something to be learned from everyone and their unique story. If you'd like to connect more with this community of women in the pet industry, come join the Wear Wag Repeat Labs Facebook group. It's the best place to learn and experiment with ideas for your own pet business. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash WWR labs, or just search for where wag repeat labs to find us. Amanda Ewen is the owner of Atlanta-based Barcuterie Boards, where she curates charcuterie boards for dogs. The idea for Barcuterie Boards was born from a casual conversation with her sister during the pandemic in 2020. As a dog lover since her first dog at 13 years old and a self-proclaimed foodie, Barcuterie Boards combines two of Amanda's passions, pups and snacks. (laughs) I love those two passions as well. So welcome to the show, Amanda. Great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about your business because I've been following you for, I want to say a year-ish, something like that. And it's, you've just grown exponentially and I'm just so curious. I'm so happy for you. And I'm, I'm curious about the growing pains and the excitement and all that kind of stuff. So, um, if you don't mind, kind of take us back to having this conversation with your sister and kind of how this whole idea came about. Yeah, absolutely. So I was sitting in my family room with my partner and he and I were talking about human charcuterie, which as we all may be familiar with is having a moment right now, right? Like people are really loving their meat and cheese platters right now. And we were talking and I'm not sure what sparked it, but I all of a sudden was like, wow, what if we had charcuterie boards 
for dogs. And he looked at me and he's like, oh yeah, that's kind of, that's a fun idea. And so I decided to text my sister because she is a fellow dog lover. And I said, Hey, what do you think about dog charcuterie? And she replied, uh, with all, you know, exclamation points, capital letters, all caps. She was so excited that I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I have something here. Maybe this could be a a fun, small business. And so, um, you know, this again, last year, born from a pandemic and I was sitting on the idea after we had chatted, I was making little barcuderie boards for my own dogs at home and, and taking pictures and, you know, sharing them with friends. And then at the end of the year, I was like, you know what? I, I think I'm I'm going to go for it. I'm going to make this a small business. And I have a very steep learning curve because I don't come from an entrepreneurial world. And so I thought, you know what, let's, let's just see what happens. And it's been, it's just been phenomenal. It's been an amazing experience so far. Do you remember like when you first launched your first one for sale, what was that like? I I was so nervous. So my very first weekend, um, I am Atlanta-based. So my very first weekend of orders were for local deliveries. And I had some friends who placed some orders. They were so lovely. They, they placed orders. So the last weekend in January of this year, 2021, was my very first delivery. And I remember being so nervous <laughs> because I had realized, oh my gosh, I have an idea. I executed it and and now I'm actually giving a product to someone. So I was really nervous, but I was also so excited to kind of feel the energy from other people that that seemed to really like the idea and the concept and the product. So it was really wonderful to have that first weekend under the belt. And then subsequent weekends, I would get orders and I would I started getting orders from people I didn't know. And then I was like, oh, this isn't just my lovely, fantastic friends supporting me, which of course I'm so appreciative of, but it was expanding to, to people all around Metro Atlanta. Like, wow, I, I don't even, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and, and so to, to have, you know, strangers now, customers and friends believe in the product and believe in me was such an exciting experience and, and really filled me with a lot of gratitude starting early on, because as I mentioned, it, it was also new to me and I wasn't sure, am I doing this right? Is this how it's supposed to go when you run a small business? So yeah, it was, it was exciting, but I did definitely have a lot of nerves too. But there's nothing more exciting than that first order from a name that you don't recognize. Yes. I, I really, I remember getting that email notification and I was like, oh my gosh, wait, <laughs> someone new. This is so exciting. So yeah, absolutely. I was, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I did like a happy dance in my house when I got that order. Yeah. Doing zoomies around the kitchen. Yeah. You know, as one does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you started with personally delivering these to people driving around Atlanta, delivering these barcuterie boards. And then from what I've seen, you started doing like vendor events kind of, or like farmer's market, maybe type things. Um, what was, that was like the next step of growth. What was that like? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I really quickly realized it was not sustainable for me to drive all over Metro Atlanta, you know, for a dozen orders uh, each weekend. And so I do actually still deliver to uh, Metro Atlanta area right now as, as it fits with my schedule. But I realized that, you know, in order to meet more dog lovers, dog moms and dog dads, that it would be smart to kind of get out in my community. So as much as 
I loved meeting folks and, and driving and delivering, I realized that it really would be so nice to connect with a greater amount of people in Metro Atlanta, a greater amount of dog lovers in Metro Atlanta. So I started doing events, I want to say maybe end of April, and then really ramped up in the summer, and then took a little bit of a hiatus at the end of the summer. And now with fall, I'm doing more pop-ups and events. And that has been so wonderful. I think you know, as you are and I am fellow dog lovers and dog enthusiasts, getting to meet so many dogs <laughs> and to get to pet them and they're so excited to get snacks, that has been so rewarding. Um, and it's also been a fantastic way for me to get connected to the local dog scene here in Atlanta. There are so many dog lovers in Atlanta and to be able to get to meet so many people in person and get to know, you know, their life stories, how their dogs have come into their lives um, and, you know, getting repeat customers and, you know, following along their dog's journey. That has been so amazing. And, and I don't know if I really would have predicted that when I first started the amount of you know, friendships and the community that was built from this idea and this small business. And so I, I say it a lot, but I'm just so thankful for the community that we have created because of Barcuterie Boards. Yeah. I, the dog industry and like the pet industry in general is so unique, I think. And this is episode 186. So I've interviewed a lot of women in the pet industry and it comes up in every conversation is just like the, con the connection that you get with these pets and their people and the difference that you're making and the joy that you bring to the world. And then the dogs pass on to everyone they see. It's just really special. It's, it's, it's I'm glad that you, that it's barcuterie boards and not like charcuterie boards because you get to meet all these dogs. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that the community is what keeps me going, meeting so many phenomenal people, meeting so many amazing, cute dogs. Um, you know, it's just, that really is what keeps me going. Yeah. Well, so something else you mentioned starting this in April, um, of 2021, there, something else happened in April of 2021, which you were featured in the New York Times just casually. <laughs> uh, so how did that impact your business or, or did it? Yeah, absolutely. I am so fortunate to have connected with an Atlanta-based writer, Leah, who pitched the piece to the New York Times and then was like, hey, we're I'm I'm writing a piece and I want to interview you. And you know, at the time I was still, and I guess technically now still am very early into my small business. And I was like, wow, what is this? Is this really happening? Yeah. Am I going into the New York Times? And so, you know, we interviewed and then uh, I believe it was, oh, it was April Fool's Day. So April 1st at 5 a.m., I started getting text messages from friends who read the Times. They're like, hey, you're you're in the New York Times. Did you know this? And and I knew it was happening, but I didn't really say anything because I'm like, well, editors might scrap things. You don't know. You know, you, you don't never know. know. Exactly. You never know. And then it happened. And, you know, my lovely family and friends, they're all awake before I am. So I woke up to the text and then I was like, oh, this must mean the article is out. And so what was really wonderful from the New York Times uh, feature was that it actually opened up my business to, to think about growth in a different way, right? So we go from local weekend deliveries to local weekend pop-ups. And now I'm having people email me that want to buy things from out of state, right? So then it's thinking, oh my gosh, what's the next big step? So for me, I spent so much time researching and developing the best way to ship 
non-perishable boards um, across the United States. And so I really credit the feature in the New York Times for helping me think creatively about growth as a small business and to really challenge myself to think large scale, right? I think as a small business owner, we all have probably all have some sort of goal, but that really, that feature really made me realize, wow, I could think larger scale and think about, you know, meeting or expanding barcuterie boards beyond Metro Atlanta. And that's essentially what happened. It really allowed me to devote more time into thinking about shipping, nationwide shipping. And then I launched shipping, I want to say mid-June, and the response has just been phenomenal for that. And, you know, I have a little note section in my order form for, you know, names for customization. And then people end up putting the most lovely stories, you know, about their dogs or like if this is a recovery gift for a dog, this is what happened, or this is, you know, I'm pregnant and my firstborn is my, is my sweet pup and we want to do a puppy moo. You know, I just, so just having the opportunity to read stories from folks has just been so gratifying. Um, but I really do. I credit the, I credit the times for helping me reframe what I should be thinking about as a small business owner. Yeah. Like without that, you might not have rushed to do shipping or even ever done it maybe, you know? Um, so it's what, what, what would you say is the hardest part that you had to figure out about the shipping? Cause like I started my online store a couple of years ago and the shipping was the scariest part to me. I was like, what is going to happen when someone orders something? (laughs) Um, and, and mine was not, you know, like a food product. So what was the hardest part for you with that? Yeah. Shipping was, oh, wow. It was a beast. So (laughs) when I researched, I really, I really wanted to focus on, on presentation. And I also have an underlying theme of being eco-conscious with my small business. I know that no one person can solve the issues of, of climate change, but I really want to try to do my part as best as possible. So I knew with shipping, I didn't want to use bubble wrap. I really wanted to try to to reduce the amount of plastic that I used. And so that uh, is great, but also was was limiting when I was researching best ways to ship items safely, because of course, not only do I want to ship things, I want them to arrive in one piece or I want them to arrive as nicely as possible. And so I think the challenge for me was materials and sourcing. Um, And then the second part was just logistics. And so by nature, I am not, I do not love Excel. I do, I'm not, you know, (laughs) very, very organized. So sorry, anyone listening who's super organized, I'm probably opposite of you, (laughs) which is ironic, I guess, for a small business owner. But for me, I was like, oh no, I'm going to need to have a system and figure out, you know, what's an appropriate processing time, what type of shipping, what type of, um, courier service am I going to use? And so I sat with a lot of that research for a while. I, you know, I probably could have started shipping sooner, but I was like, no, let's wait. Let me do a little bit more research on packaging. Let me order some more samples for boxes to make sure it looks the way I want it to. Um, You know, let me order filler that I I think will be maybe have me stand out um, from, from other people. And so the whole process of shipping was a challenge because I had a certain 
look that I wanted. I wanted to be a little more eco-conscious and I, and I really wanted to make sure that things arrived. <laughs> right. So having all of that together, I think was really challenging, but I really, honestly, I appreciate it now on the other side, now that I've been shipping for, I guess, three months, I, I appreciate that struggle because it made me hyper aware of all the different things that you have to think about when you're thinking about shipping product. There are so many little details down to like the tape that you're going to use <laughs> yes. on the box. It is, it's kind of mind boggling how many details there are. And, and you point out such a good thing is, you know, the, like part of the selling point of the boards is that you, how you display it and how beautiful it looks. And so you want it to arrive looking just like that. So, um, it, that's a very important element, even, you know, it was worth putting the extra thought and effort into for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so now that, you know, it, it's, I love hearing you talk about all of this. You're like, oh, I've already been doing this for three months, but that is so new. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> and, and you just launched the business in January, really. So, you know, it, it has happened so fast and, um, I guess not, I don't want to like take this like down, but is, has there been a downside to this kind of like fast growth that you've had? Because it's been like 10 months. Yeah, you're right. And I think the recognition for me, whether it's a downside or a, a struggle, it's for me figuring out what my true capacity is at the moment. So there are a lot of other hats that I wear in my life outside of being the owner of barcuterie boards. And so every opportunity, you know, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about this business and I'm constantly thinking about, you know, how I can be better or do better or meet, you know, the needs of, of all these pups out there. Um, but I also have to remember like I am one person, right? Like this is barcuterie boards is one person. Well, and my partner, I jokingly, I consider him like barcuterie boards, um, the, the, the food service, like he picks up the groceries for me. <laughs> so, you know, maybe we're like one and a half people, but you know, it, it's really, it's just me, myself and I. And so when I think about, or I have an idea, sometimes I get really wrapped up in idea. And then I have to realize, wait, is this, do I have the capacity to make this happen right now? Um, and if I do, am I going to be proud of the product that I'm thinking about? And if not, is this something that perhaps I can table until another time? And that goes for product launch, that goes for pop-ups, that even goes for just my delivery schedule on the weekends is always trying to keep in mind that I am one person and that there are 24 hours in a day and that there are other things that are equally important that I do. And so the hardest part really is just navigating scheduling, right? Time management. Yeah. It's so hard. So um, I think that's probably one of the bigger challenges that I've had. And I'm definitely a work in progress. There's, <laughs> I don't have the solutions right now. I'm, you know, every week is, is different and new for me. And so I'm hoping that I can continue to improve um, on my own scheduling and, and again, keeping the bigger picture in mind while also keeping my own personal capacity and limitations in mind as well. Well, so that kind of leads me to ask you a little bit about social media, um, because there just is such a pressure, I think for all of us to post all the time <laughs> about our businesses, but posting on social media is not actually your job. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so you, ha- you have to make these boards, ship them, source the ingredients, do all these other things. You've got um, a, a day job, you've got friends, family, you have your own dogs. So how do you, um, you know, I think one of the topics we wanted to talk about a little bit was like building community. And I think that's so much on social media these days. So how, how do you kind of, do you have any advice on how to balance your time and, and, and be present and be there? Cause you're really active, I think on social media. So how do you do that? Yeah. Thank you for that recognition. I will be honest and say social and specifically Instagram right now seems to be the highest driver of potential customers for me. And so I think about Instagram obviously as a community building tool, but also as a way to kind of meet new people and perhaps introduce my products to new people. So it's been really fascinating because, you know, I've had a personal Instagram since like, you know, 2012, but having a business one is very different. And so I think the biggest piece of advice for me in terms of building community as a small business owner is just to be authentic because you're right. It takes a lot of work to make content, to post, to think about hashtags. And then Instagram has like 18 different things they want you to try, you know, every quarter (laughs) to be successful on their platform. And so if you can just be yourself, that kind of removes um, a performance piece from managing social media. And so I think, or I hope my followers know, I'm pretty transparent and honest in who I am as a person and my personality, you know, right now is pretty much the same that you'll see online. Um, And I try to be as honest as possible. And that for me removes the pressure of thinking about social media as a performance. Uh, For example, you know, in my stories, I'll share things I'm excited about, but also share struggles. Um, I'll also share my <laughs> messy workspace, right? Because that's, you know, to me, this is all part of the experience and part of the process of designing and creating recruiterie boards. And so I find, you know, not having to put on a show or not having to deep clean my house every time I take a picture. It's, this is who I am. This is how I'm showing up. And hopefully you're along for the ride and you're and you're good with that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I do think that social media is, is great, but also can be difficult. Um, but I do want to acknowledge for anyone that's starting out, which is actually still me, I guess, it does take a lot of work to build community, right? Like one random emoji on a comment, that's not really community. If you really want to get to know your followers or your customers or other people, other pet lovers, you got to, you know, ask and invest in good questions. Um, I love finding out where people are from, their dog stories, maybe even like favorite snacks or toys that other people like. Because at the end of the day, sure, Barcuri Boards in terms of Instagram presence is a business, but there's a human behind that, right? Like I'm literally the person behind that account and I want to get to know you and your dogs and your journey and your struggles. And so I do spend a lot of time nurturing those relationships by just trying to have conversations with folks in DMs. Um, And even when I post content, sometimes, you know, I don't know if this is good or bad, but for me, I'm like, I'm not always pushing my product. I really like, I've had people helped build a Spotify playlist for Barcuterie Boards fans, right? Like, is that, I don't know, is that the right business move? Who knows? But for me, I'm like, wait, I want to know what you guys are listening to, like in the car. Or, you know, I want to try a new snack for my own dogs for Tokyo and Nolly. So what are you guys trying right now? And, you know, 
having a community of dog lovers who are willing to share with each other, I think kind of strengthens our entire relationship on social media because then it's it's not so sterile or it's not so businessy and it's more about just getting to know other dog lovers. And we all love, you know this, we all love sharing advice, right? Like, hey, where'd you get that leash? What treat was that in that picture? Where did you get that really cute Halloween costume? So you know, we all love to share because we care and we're passionate about, you know, our, our dogs. And so for me, it's really spending that time to nurture those relationships, but I won't lie. It does, it does take a lot of time. And I think for me, boundary setting is important and realizing that I do want to answer questions and I do want to nurture relationships, but also like, I'm not a robot robot. I have to go to bed, you know, (laughs) I have to sleep. So I can't answer your question at four in the morning and, and I won't. And so I do carve out a little bit of boundary setting. And and I think that that's helpful too for social media. Otherwise it could, it could get, it could be a lot really for, for one person. Yeah. And not just for social media, but just like your business as a whole. Um, you know, it's important to, you know, we all want to grow. We all want to do our best. We all want to work hard and, and live our dreams, but you have to rest somehow at some time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, and I love, I think that, um, talking about building community and asking your audience for their suggestions and their tips, that's community that the back and forth, you know, I think when it's, when it's all just like one way, I think that's why, you know, at least for me, like Facebook fan pages, like business pages don't really work as well because they're very one way. Um, and on Instagram, I love how businesses and people are kind of on the, on the same level and you can communicate back and forth. And I, I think that is the best part about Instagram. Yeah, I agree. And I really, really value the ability to do that. Like you said, certain platforms probably lend themselves more naturally to be able to have that dialogue. Yeah. Well, oh, and the other thing while you were talking that I, that I was thinking about is, you know, these stories, like you were saying how when people even just order online and they write to you about having a puppy moon or, you know, their dog like is cancer free or, you know, whatever the story is, you know, people are ordering your product and other people's special pet products to celebrate something, even if they're just celebrating how much they love their dog, just because, um, so there are a lot of stories and, and they want to hear your story too. Um, which brings me to ask you (laughs) very, very smooth transition there, um, about your own dogs, Tokyo and Nolly. Um, can you tell us about them and how they came into your life? Yeah, absolutely. So Tokyo right now is 12 years old. So he is our special senior pup at home, incredibly spoiled. Um, and you know, he, he's trained me very well. And so I, I meet whatever needs he wants. Um, and so he actually was part of a litter that was found in an abandoned garage in North Georgia. So my partner, he's really into cars, the car scene, and someone had posted maybe on Facebook that there were a litter of puppies in this garage. And so he went up there to go see, you know, see what would happen. And, um, and so Tokyo, and then he did have a sister. She has now since passed, but we ended up with both Tokyo and his sister Lulu. So we had both of them. They were litter mates. Um, they are there. They, or he is, um, 
such a sweet boy. He's, he's very patient. He doesn't really have any of those stereotypical Husky or even German shepherd tendencies. He is very laid back. He is not vocal. Um, and he'll just follow you around for snacks and affection. And so he has been very lovely. And then for our other dog, Nolly, she is five or about five and a half now. And she uh, was also similar, similar story. She was found on my partner's uncle's chicken farm in North Georgia. So her story is really cute because two pregnant moms showed up on the farm and had their litters at the same time. Oh my gosh. I know. And I just, I think that's the cutest story. So she is one of, I guess, 14 or 15 because both moms had their puppies and then all of them essentially were raised together. together. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was the only a uh, pup that had two different colors. I think all the other pups were solid black or solid brown and she is brown and white. And so uh, we, we ended up with her and she keeps us on our toes. She is very energetic. Uh, she loves to be involved in everything, uh, very hands-on, but at the same time, she, she can read social cues. So, you know, we're a two dog household right now. She knows to respect Tokyo when he doesn't want to play. She won't like force him to play. Um, she's very respectful of his space and, and she's been, she's been really fun. I've been trying to teach her to use the little talking buttons. Yeah. Um, and this is definitely user error because I think she's a smart dog. She still hasn't gotten it. And it's probably because my partner and I, we are probably not the best at using it consistently, but we call it the potty button. So we're like, Molly, use the button. So my, my hope is that like by the end of the year, maybe she'll actually start hitting it for the, the intention for that button. Um, so yeah, so she's very smart and we're trying to, you know, think of ways to, to keep enrichment on the mind for her with games or training her to use a button, um, and things like that. So yeah, those are our two dogs right now, but I've, yeah, I've grown up, as you mentioned, surrounded with dogs and they're just, they've just been such a constant in my life. So really thankful for the two we have now and all the ones that came before. Yes. And all the ones to come in the future. Yes. Um, we need to start like an accountability group on Instagram for people with the buttons, (laughs) because I also started it and then just kind of, it never, it didn't like take, it didn't take off like right away. And I kind of like lost interest in it. And it was totally dog mom error, not (laughs) dog error. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and I'm just like, man, I think I'm doing okay, but clearly not because I have a smart and capable dog and it's not, it's been, it's been a while. I think I started honestly last Christmas. So it's been a very long time. Yeah. I I started probably like last Thanksgiving too. And so, um, it's probably, it's a good time to restart it back up. So we'll, we'll have to start like a little, like a hashtag or something to keep people accountable for. (laughs) I love that. I am a hundred percent (laughs) in. All right, good. Oh, and then I wanted to ask you before we, before we wrap things up, I, I have to ask you what are Tokyo and Nolly's favorite snacks? Yes, that's a great question. So uh, I would say, well, everything, but (laughs) because they're my, they're my quality control pups. So, you know, before I put anything on the boards, I give them to Tokyo and Nolly to see, you know, what they think. So Tokyo's favorite would be the dehydrated shrimp or any dehydrated fish. 
he really loves seafood and crunchy things. So he can, yeah. So he loves like snacking on that. So cod skins have been really popular with him and shrimp. And then Nolly, it's been hard to figure out what her favorite is because she just is so excited about eating food <laughs> that I can't, I'm like, I think this is just general food enthusiasm, but she really likes, um, I have these custom bones with my small business stamped onto them and they're, they're fairly, it was like three or four inches long. So she, I think she goes for size. So in her mind, she's like, Ooh, this bone is big. So it means more snacks. So she will go, <laughs> she'll go for, um, bigger snacks and bigger like dog cookies, but she also loves seafood as well. So for her, it's a little harder to tell, but uh, I know that I've done a little taste tests where I put different items that I put on the barcuterie boards. I lay them out on the ground and then I just say, okay, and I'll see, you know, where the dogs go. And, and Nolly's has not been consistent. She just goes all over the place. Um, and Tokyo usually goes towards, yeah, seafood or shrimp. Well, it sounds like they definitely found the right house to <laughs> live in. <laughs> yes. They're very, very happy. Um, so Amanda, tell everyone where, where can they learn more? Where can they order a barcuterie board for themselves? Because, um, it's probably going to be pretty soon. You have to get your Thanksgiving orders in if you want that. So tell everyone where they can go to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a website and it's barcuterieboards.com. So no spaces, spaces, no spaces, no hashtags, anything. It's just barcuterieboards.com. And then on social media, I am on Instagram and Facebook, just at barcuterieboards. If you are active on Instagram, I try to post sneak peeks on my stories. I try to post from Pupstimers, uh, pictures of them enjoying snacks, both on feed and stories. And so I love interacting with folks um, on any of those platforms. And of course, if you have questions, you're welcome to DM me or my email address is on the website as well. And yes, as you alluded to, the holidays are very quickly approaching. I have never thought about Christmas this early before, um, right? It's September. I started thinking about Christmas in August and I just, I have never done that before. Welcome to the business world. <laughs> exactly. And so I am working on curating a special holiday box for four people in December. And so I have uh, custom collaborative bandanas. I have sticker packs and I'll have a special themed barcuterie board as well. And so if you you are someone who, you know, wants to treat your pup to some of the finer things in life for, for the holidays. Um, I will be launching that in December. And of course, leading up to that, I'll be posting on Instagram and we'll probably update my website as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be as accessible as possible. So website, email, Instagram, DM, uh, I will do my best to answer any and all questions that people have. You're doing an amazing job. And I just think everyone go follow Amanda get your barcuterie board before she's on Oprah's favorite things and <laughs> you can't get one. <laughs> Let's manifest that. I would love that. <laughs> she's a dog lover. So just putting it out there. <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> I'm calling you. <laughs> All right, Amanda. Well, thank you. Thank you again so much for being on this show. This was so fun talking to you. Great. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed speaking with you as well. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group 
to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wherewagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.